uh, I know Matt Fraser says this, uh, practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Right. We're live. Yeah. Welcome everybody. Welcome. This is another episode of the Thousand Ways Podcast. This is my one of my best buddies over here. This I'm is I'm his buddy. This is Austin Richards. And speaking in the mic. I am speaking in the mic. Into the fuzzy part. Do you want me to like put my put Yeah. It, you want me to put it in my mouth? Yeah, I bet yeah. you I can fit the whole thing in there. That's fine. This episode, what does it say? Says Thousand Ways Podcast Episode Five, beat the best version of you. Okay, beat the best version of you. You mind spitting out your gum, sir? Thank you. So this is uh this is one of my best friends. His name is Austin Austin Richardson. He's uh I've known him since uh, since high school, and we've been we've been best buds ever since. Him and I, I don't know what do we do. We did. We played football together. You know, the funniest part about all of my best friends from high school that are still my best friends is they don't know how they became my best friend. Yeah, because everyone originally hated me. Yeah, and thought I was just some idiot. I can. Yeah, I agree with that. Corey has no clue when he became my friend. Yeah, it just kind of happened. You don't know when you became my friend. He's just so average that it just kind of you just kind of <laughs> scoot your way into my life. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's funny. This guy's okay. This guy's okay. He's all right." I don't and everyone who hated me in football, I don't, eventually, like, it took some of them, like, four years, but yeah. now now they're my friends. Like, yeah. Carson took him a long time. <laughs> took Carson a long time. He's, where is he working at? He's working at a... Uh, Carson? Yeah, he's, he's working at... Old Town Barber still. Mm. All it's, right. It's weird when you get a barber like that, and then you literally just can't go to someone else. Yeah, he's just so good. Because No, it's not even that. You, just, you have to walk in and explain it to someone else. Oh, yeah. And they just don't do it the same. So, tell me about you, man. Tell me about tell me about your life. I know you, but you know everything. Yeah, we just gotta let the people. We gotta let the people know what what is it that you that you're doing right now. Right now, yeah. Trying not to go crazy. Yeah, I think that's the baseline. Um, so to start, I think working right now is what's you know having something to do five days a week, eight hours a day. Yeah, is what's keeping me on track. Um. You know, you know personally that the big thing for me when it comes to having things to do and, you know, staying on course is playing video games. Yeah. I've been doing that since I was five. And it's always been a way for me to channel my everything, frustration, anger, sadness, hatred towards everything that's going on. I've always just done that. So right now I'm actually, I want to start streaming, but I know that. Ever since last year, in January, through the whole year, you know, video games became ten times what they used to be. So now it's a lot different. So I want to start streaming. I'm also in the process of uh, getting hired. Well, not in the process of getting hired, but I applied for Riverside Fire Department. Mm. So we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. That would change my life. And I would be doing a lot of things differently. Yeah, I think, and that was that was, I mean, 
the big part of, of what we were talking about or wanted to talk to you about on this podcast was, I guess it was resilience and, and dealing with, with mental health, because that's definitely a big thing, especially with, with being an athlete, with your choice of profession and, and what it is that, that you strive to do. Because I know that without going into too much detail and whatever detail you want to reveal over the course of, you know, us, our conversation, but I know it's, it's been, it's been rather rough couple of years and, and you get into the point where you got into the fire Academy, you started, you started doing all that and you were busting your ass, waking up early and going and what was it? Five, five days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you 14 you, to 15 hours a day. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just talk to me about that. Talk to me about, about what, what the, what the fire Academy was like and what it was like going from kind of a, Okay, so the the biggest thing about that for me was I was just going to school full time. I was working part time at that at that point. So I mean, I believe yeah. So in that year, I went from the first job I got when I was eighteen to having two jobs, and that was over the summer when I didn't have school. And then I started working at Red Robin with Bailey, and I was just going to school. And at that point, it was just keep trucking, keep getting your classes done, get your credits, you get your fire stuff done in college. You know, I, fire academy was always a thought. You're like, okay, it's there. Because I went to Palomar. I was going there for classes. And, of course, everyone wants to go to the Palomar Academy. is at Palomar. So I didn't want to go when I did. I wasn't expecting to. I wasn't ready mentally. Not at all. <clears throat> so I think... What happened was I was talking to a fire chief that I know, and he said, just just apply for the academy. Just put in your application, see what happens. And I was like, well, I mean, I had all the credit-based. Like, it's, so it's a merit system of when you're applying. And I had all the classes, the merits minus like one, two classes. The only thing I didn't have was paramedic school, of course. And that gives you like 10 extra points over everyone else. Well, then they're like, oh... You know, you're moving on to the, the interviews. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. And then I reached out to the fire chief who told me to apply, and I asked him about a sponsorship through the academy, which is basically they give you some gear to help you get through so you don't have to pay $4,000 for all the gear. So then I, when I got that sponsorship, it came to the interview, and I ended up getting in, and I was, like, freaking out not ready for the, what was about to come because when it came to my fitness at that time I was kind of just I think earlier in the summer I was at my peak when I was you know, I was loving training I was doing CrossFit Invictus's daily program and their weightlifting program with Corey who is our one of our other best friends and then it, I think I just fell off because I when I got into the academy I put in my two weeks even though it was three weeks after that in which the academy started. So I had three weeks until the academy started after I stopped working. And in those three weeks, I did nothing. Screwed myself. Started the, started the academy. Wasn't fit enough. It was a shock to my system. First week ruined me mentally. I almost quit. Day four, I went home. I was crying. I was like, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. I didn't prepare for it. There's no way. 
my dad said, shut up. You have to do this. You don't have a choice. You're going to do it. I pushed through Friday, slept through the weekend, like 12 hours each day. Just, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then got through week two. And then after that, I had the time of my life, dude. Yeah. I mean, when you're there, I mean, you're waking up at, f I was, oh, well, it's different for everyone because you know, a lot of people are commuting. I was commuting with two people that went, to, I, we went to high school with Nate Ollie and Jeremy Spiker. So it's different for some people who lived in San Marcos, who, when we had to be there at six, they're leaving at 550, waking up at 530 or waking up at five. I know guys who woke up five minutes before they had to leave because they didn't have to do anything. Because when they left the academy at night, when we if we'd get off at 4.30, they're home at 4.40. Whereas if I get off at 4.40, I'm at home at 6.45 because of traffic. Yeah. It was a way different experience for me because mentally we have to, you know, we're tired. We're exhausted after a long day. We just want to go home. And here we are sitting in traffic for two hours. But, you know, it was different for everyone mentally because you know, some guys got to get home right away. Some guys didn't, but you know, we were basically for me in my circumstance. I was waking up at 4 a.m. every day. I would shower, shave, and eat breakfast. Same time, same thing, every single day. Leave my house at 4.30 to be at In-N-Out to meet Jeremy and Nate at 4.45. And we'd leave at 5. We'd get there at no, we'd leave at like 4.50, get there at 5.20. We didn't have to be there till 6.15, 6.30 most days. So we'd just go back to sleep. And then you have workout, 7 a.m. every single day. And then you either have class or you're out doing skills. And depending on the day, I remember some days during hose week when we had a lot of stuff to cover, we'd leave at, get off at 5. I mean, technically the academy got out at, I think it was 5.30. Some days we went till 6.30 if we weren't, you know, if we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing, we wouldn't get to leave. Yeah. And then you're getting home at 7. You're gone for 14, 15 hours. Yeah. You got to go home. You don't have time to do other stuff. You got to make your lunch for the next day. If if you hadn't already done it during the weekend. I mean, you got to iron your, iron your stuff, hang it up for the, iron your uniform, get it all ready. And then you're going straight to sleep. So there was no time for, there was no time for anything else but the academy. So I think ultimately what we're going for here is mentally in the state I was in in my life, nothing else mattered but the academy. There was the things I needed to study, what I was going to eat the next day, so on and so forth. You know, everything that went through my mind and entered my mind and left my mind was academy, fire academy, firefighting, you know, just Everything on that line. So anything that happened at home, I didn't experience. Because yeah. I, yeah. I was leaving before everyone was waking up, and I was getting home when everyone was home. But I would eat, and I would say goodnight. And go to bed. I'd say I didn't have to deal with them. And I remember a few times when people, you know, my sister or my dad or people would want to talk to me. Like, I don't want to talk. Yeah. Like, I too much in my brain to have to worry about anything. And as much as, as selfish as that seems, I feel like, what was, you know, what it was, what I was going through, it was exhausting. I mean, you're doing it every single day, five days a week for, well, 
19 weeks. I mean, I remember there's definitely times when, when I would try to, you know, try to hang out with you, try to contact you. And I knew, well, I knew that you were busy and I, I knew the answer I was going to get. It was always going to be, you know, I can't, I can't today, but that's why weekends were always fun. But would you say that as time went on and as you got into your routine, you, you got, it got a little bit easier. Yeah. You start to not, enjoy, I mean, yeah, you enjoy it some days because I mean, have you ever had a fire hope of a, a, a water fight with a fire hose before? I have not. It's one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's also really painful. So waking up, grinding, just hustling, just getting down there and being there. What did you learn? What would you, what, what was the thing you took from it? Just knowing that how long was it? It was 20, it was 16 or 20 weeks. 18. 18 weeks? Okay. So in 18 weeks, in 18 weeks, what were the things that you took away from it that you, that you learned? You know, I, if it wasn't something that you learned about yourself, but something you learned from other people, the, the instructors. I mean, we can go on. I could, I could make a bullet point list right now and talk about each thing for 10 minutes. I think I'll touch down on three big things that pertain to me and you mainly. And this whole topic of, you know, what we're talking about today. So number one, I think, is discipline. Um, when it comes to, like, mental health and pushing yourself, you know, being able to do what you want to do, you know, based on how you are mentally, discipline is insane. And I don't mean, like, oh, yeah, I keep my house clean, you know, I go to work on time. And I'm talking about you're waking up at the same minute every single day, eating breakfast at the same minute every day, doing the same thing every day to where your body knows when it's supposed to. I mean, I was eating the same time of day. I was shaving the same time. Of day, I was pooping within the same five minutes twice a day, every single day, to the point where I knew, okay, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom in 10 minutes. And even though my body didn't feel it, 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, there it is. And it, it was actually crazy because it's like you get your body so used to something that it just frees your mind up from having to worry about other stuff because your body knows. And then, but what was hard was going from learning how important discipline is in a field like firefighting, in a field like, you know, being a police officer, being in the military. It's extremely beneficial to you mentally and physically, especially when it comes to working out. You know, you have the discipline of, Okay, I need to train this time. I need to stretch for this amount of time. Because recovery was a huge part of the academy. I mean, not only were we doing CrossFit every day. But then you put on turnouts for six hours. What are those? Turnouts are also known as bunker gear. It's the yellow stuff that they wear when you go on a fire. But when you're training, you have to wear them. You have to wear everything. So... I was in the winter academy, so it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't hot, but there was days, even, though, you know, in the middle of March where it'd be 85 degrees, and I would drink a gallon of water and not pee, not once, because I would sweat five pounds worth of, if you don't know, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds, so I, I guarantee you, when you, you picked up, if you took out all the water that I sweat, probably seven pounds. It's ridiculous. Have you heard of uh, Jocko Willink? No. 
So he's a, a an ex Navy SEAL, but now he's he's more the that motivative that the motivating and and captivating type of guy. And there's one thing that he says is discipline is freedom, and I, I absolutely agree with that. With with the fact that if if you are disciplined enough and what it is that you want to do and and you're passionate about, that opens up the freedom to to do those things. You know, if you're not if you're not waking up. Every time at the same day, you're pushing yourself to do the things that 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 you don't want to do that day, but you have to. I mean, that's gonna free that's gonna free up your ability to do the real things that matter. the The, the last episode we talked about we talked about uh, Jerry Rice and Matt Fraser, and it was one of the things that we listened to when we first started, you know, doing the CrossFit stuff a couple <laughs> years ago. Where he said, you know, today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. You know, and that things that that's always stuck with me. So the discipline to, the discipline to to say, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust my ass harder than than anybody else. Like, that's what really opens up the opportunities that you want. Because if if you can't, if you're not, if you're not willing to do that, it's it's not gonna work out. Like like you after your first week not wanting to. Or wanting to quit, but knowing that it wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, you can say that you pushed through that, and after the 18 weeks, I was there at the graduation. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm always proud of you every single day. But that was I I I'll never forget that man. Like that was the proudest I've ever been of you. Just seeing you up there, like that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And the same thing that's gonna happen with Corey after he comes back, and you know after he's done after he's done going through basic and, and going through all that stuff, I'm going to be so proud of him because it's, this is the shit that we've been talking about since, since high school. Like if, yeah. since I've met you, that's all you've wanted to do is be a firefighter. And that's, that's the craziest thing to me is that like, since then there's been, there's been a lot of stuff that could have taken you off that path, but determined enough. And even though it's not always easy, like you're there, like you're, you're getting to that point. Even if it, even if you had to start over and do it again, like that's that's what you're gonna do. Uh, ideally, I, I mean, I would lose it. I'd probably go in the hole for like two years if that happened. But yeah, I, I mean, it keeps me going. Yeah. The ultimate goal of you know, as as frowned upon as some people think it is, working twelve days a month. I mean, if you put the hours together, it, it adds up to the same as. If I can work twelve days a month. No, I no, I know, but like. People people think oh firefighters are lazy. Firefighters don't work that much. Firefighters just sit around the firehouse and you know, play games. I mean, I can't I can't you know, point things out, but there's definitely departments in California in the United States if if we're talking allegedly. Well, I don't I don't know I don't know any by name because every every department that I've come across in California at least the standard of firefighting in California is so much higher than other states don't get me wrong there's definitely cities in in the big like in every state that have that high standard but the majority of firefighters in the u.s are unpaid unpaid volunteers some of them are paid volunteers but most fire departments in the u.s are volunteer so when you look at the the caliber of firefighters in california where every single district in our state has either a municipal district or cal fire so it's like Cal- California 
gets a bad rep because they look at us as like the pretty boy firefighters, you know. We're all high and mighty because we work <laughs> we work twelve days a month and we have these, you know, badass trucks and we're pulling jet skis behind our trucks. Well, I mean, do you want to do it? Like that's my question for some people. They have all this criticism, you know, towards firefighters and what they do. Call them lazy. Oh, you guys just sit around like no. I've you know, I know a lot of fire departments, like San Marcos Fire Department, for example. I went to Palomar's Fire Academy. Our our academy uh where where it took place is San Marcos Fire Department's training facility. I mean, three to four days a week when we were there, so were they. Training just like us. And I I mean, it's a lot of training. I mean that's what you do. I mean I mean I mean you could say that about anybody. I mean if Anyone can sit and point a finger. Anyone yeah. can anyone can sit and be and say whatever they want. If if they're not doing it, they're not. They don't choose to do it. They they can't really say anything. Yeah. They don't have that experience. So discipline was number one. What was number two? Number two for me would be learning how to be a follower. So being someone like yourself, myself, like Corey, natural leader, charismatic good with people, right? Usually in a situation when you're at a normal job, like you, you worked at a tuck shop for so many months. I still work there. Okay. Well, you work at a different one now. <laughs> the one that you started at, you very quickly became the assistant manager because that's just that's just who we are. We're natural leaders. And now you're a manager because you're good at it. You're charismatic. You're good with people. You're good at leading. So am I. I mean, throughout my entire career of soccer, I was a goalkeeper. You know, you're telling people what to do. I was a captain on most of my teams in soccer. I was always a natural leader. And then you go to a place like an academy where you can't stand out as a leader. I mean, there's definitely people who took charge. They just shine. I mean, some of them were known. Like, you know, they're well known. They've networked themselves within the fire academy you know, with the people who work there, within the college. And they're known to work hard. So they got put in leadership positions and a lot of a lot of them did really well in those positions. But you have to go to a place where, you know, you're not you're not what you were before you came in here. You're literally you're recruit Richardson. Is it? That's all I was. And I had to get used to that. Like I'm not in charge of anyone. I have to do what I'm told. But I think learning how to be a good follower, following directions, makes you a better leader. And that was what was so important for me. I've never been put in a position like that where I had to just shut my mouth, do what I was told 100%, and just follow. Where I, The choices I was making were not being made for me, because, of course, you have to use critical thinking, problem solving, and all that. But, I mean, I wasn't making the choices. Yeah, I mean, in, in in the same situation, I mean, as far as as my weightlifting, I mean, that, I mean, you were there from the beginning, from our, Michael. Our, I got, you started our first coach. Yeah, we, yeah, we were at the gym just doing bench press and squat, and next thing I was like, Caesar, we should try CrossFit. He started yeah. weightlifting. He's like, dude, I'm, I want to do this strong. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, there were times. I mean, and and you were there. I mean, you were there through all of it. You you're still training with other coach with our old coach Michael and. You know, there were there were times where a lot of things that 
he would say I would just kind of rub off and and not really listen to and the same thing is how you know the same thing is has definitely happened in in my time being with sage like there's some there there's things that either it's not my not my choice it's just it's just who I am sometimes I, I just won't absorb something or it won't click till later but being able to to really sit and listen and and I mean, I've learned things through weightlifting about my life that that I've applied, and and the only reason the only reason why that got through me was because I had to sit there and and humble myself and and listen to the people who were trying to help me out of the kindness of their heart because they've seen people in that situation. So I could absolutely I could absolutely agree with that. Yeah, being being able to be a good student allows you to be a better teacher in the end. And, and I'm very appreciative of, of all the people in my life that have sat and, and tried to teach me. And, and you learn things from, you learn things from, from everybody. Like I've learned things from you. I've learned things from yeah. Corey, my friends, everybody. Like you, if you're open to learning and being a student, you can learn from everyone. And that's always a good thing. So what's, what's number three? Honestly, I forgot. <laughs> I, I went on such a rant on the first one. <laughs> like 10 minutes of just talking that i have no idea what <laughs> so that number means. one number one was discipline number two is number two learning how to be a follower learning how to be a follower if you remember we'll come back to it yeah. but i mean being a beating the best version of yourself i've seen you overcome a lot now you don't have to share a lot about it if you you can share whatever it is that you want to share but what are in your opinion, some of the biggest things that you've had to overcome in the past couple of years while going through all of that, especially afterwards, because I remember a lot of what uh, a lot of a lot of what you learned during the fire academy wasn't applied afterwards, and 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 I saw you kind of regress and slip back a little bit. But now, I mean, you're you're a stronger man for it. I mean, I'm getting there. But uh, I if I'm I don't remember what the third one was, but I'm just gonna touch down on it quickly before I go into this next part. Be humble. That's what I learned. Cause you know, as much as you think you know everything, you go to all these fire classes where you know you're getting the best grades, or you know you you look you feel you're the tallest, you're the biggest, you know you you look the strongest. You probably are. You know, you talk to those guys and be like, oh dude, you're so strong. You saw your weightlifting videos on Instagram, dude. That's crazy. And you go in the academy and it's like, who cares? You need to just do what you need to do. No. I had to lose my ego. Because, I mean, for myself, I'm pretty confident. I've always been confident to an extent and in certain areas. But I had to learn to just shut up. And, you know, it was very humbling too because, you know, of course, you put 39 dudes together for 18 weeks. They're going to talk shit. Yeah, everyone's going to measure their dicks. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun, too. Uh, I mean, there's times where it's like, all right, this is annoying. But then there's times where it's like, you know, get over it. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty. I, and I think I'm not sure where I heard it. I think it might have been on another another podcast, but. Most, most, uh, the way that, that men 
or just groups of uh, groups of guys will will uh will learn to associate with each other and develop a, a stronger bond is through talking shit like it is giving each other shit that's i mean and you me and Corey, <laughs> we've been giving each other shit nonstop for yeah, years yeah but i mean it's 2019 and to an extent that is still true but you have to know yeah when it's know when it's appropriate but when you put 39 um, most uh, no most of the people in the academy are alpha males some of them are just kind of neutral i wouldn't say there's any like beta male. there's no beta males in there but when you put that many alpha males together <laughs> things are gonna get shit gets interesting things are gonna yeah. get hairy yeah <laughs> i could imagine i can I'd, I'd remember what it was like on a on a team of uh, on on the team of uh, the football team that we were on, yeah, it's I mean, it's like that, but way more disciplined. Magnified. Yeah, and you get in trouble for a lot more shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you forgot to sweep that? Okay, go run. So, touchdown on the next point. What was the biggest obstacle I had to overcome through all of this? Yeah, I think number one is myself. I have always been so critical of every single thing I do so self-destructive i've always been extremely self-destructive i mean when i go back to high school i was a nationally ranked goalkeeper i was all cif all area i was on the all-star team for southern california i mean i would finish a game where they didn't score on me and i would tell people would tell me good job and i would say no i could have done better like how don't worry about it that's for me to know not you and that's one of the things that helped push me as well. Because at the end of the day, I would go home and be like, why didn't you do that? It was even worse when I was getting scored on. Like, junior year? Oh, God. I would get in the car on the ride home with my parents. And they'd be like, you did so good today, honey. I'm like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? You made so many saves. They scored on me twice. Well, you couldn't have stopped. Yes, I could have. And... In a sense, uh, it's extremely bad. I mean, I shouldn't I shouldn't have done that. I think in a sense that was, you know, I've always been like that. Like, for every test I took in the academy, it was like, what if I failed? You didn't study enough. Oh, you got 94. Why? Because I told myself that I wasn't doing good. I pushed myself to study harder. My self-destructive nature has been very hindering, but also... I've noticed it in certain areas where it's pushed me. Is that would you would you consider that doubt in yourself or would you yeah. Okay. I mean in a sense yes, but then also believing that like any point of mediocrity in my life needs to be just taken away. I was I was talking to I was talking to somebody on on Instagram one of one of my good friends. Um he was telling me that he suffered from a he suffered from a serious disease. It was called mediocrity. <laughs> I told him that I suffered from it a lot too, and it's it's true. I mean, and I, I, I mean, there and there's reasons why you, Corey, and I are all really good friends, and we have that same type of mindset. Where, yeah, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of things growing that that happened to me throughout high school and, and growing up that caused me to to have that same kind of doubt, you know. And it wasn't until it wasn't until after high school where, or you, I really had to start appreciating myself and start appreciating the stuff that I've that I've done up to that point. But 
I think as at whatever level that we want to be at, whether it's profession-wise or personal-wise, whatever it is that we want to do, I think not being good enough, not being good enough is something that people everywhere struggle with. And and it, like, yeah, but you know, where, when it comes to that, yes, of course, right? Everyone's going to think, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. But like, well, they're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm not good enough, but it's good enough. Which sounds so weird to say, but, you know, it's either I'm not good enough and they're not going to do anything about it, or they're just going to settle. Because it's easier than doing oh, it's something much, else. It's much easier to, to just sit and be okay with that. It. It's, it's really easy to just wake up at any given time and, and not really want to do anything, just go to work and not have anything extra that you want to do. Like, it's much easier to quit than it is to keep going. And, you know, as someone who wants to move forward and, you know, as someone who wants to move forward, someone who has aspirations, you have to cut that shit out. Like, you have to catch that and nip it in the bud right when it starts. Because if you want to, if you want to be that person that you want to be, if you want to be a champion, if you want to be, not even a champion, if you want to be the best version of yourself you have to you have to kill that old version of yourself what did what did a uh, what did master amen say to to john uh to john snow he said you gotta kill the boy to become the man mm-hmm. i mean that goes that goes without saying for everybody to to be that that leader to yourself to to the people around you you do have to you do have to get rid of of that old person mm-hmm yeah, I mean, a lot of people have gone through different stuff, too. I tend to find people, some people, that have been through the harder stuff mentally, physically in their lives and come out on top of that situation are generally going to want more for themselves than the people who have had it pretty easy. And I've encountered a lot of people who, you know, haven't been through much. So then something comes along and they, they freak out. It's like, well, what do I do? Take a deep breath for one. You're going to be all right. So, you know, touching back down on, you know, obstacles. Myself as an obstacle. No, you're always going to have yourself as an obstacle. And, you know, like we say all the time, like you say, everyone says it. It's how you deal with yourself. It's how you deal with the obstacles. So if I'm having troubles mentally, it's like, how am I going to bounce back from this? I mean, and when it comes to problems with yourself, you have to reach out. You have to do stuff with other people. And I think, you know, that was one of the things that I had a problem with was everyone around me was having problems and I was just scrambling to try and help everyone, right? I felt responsible for everyone else's problems and stopped worrying about my own. And next thing you know, six months later, I'm depressed, stopped working out, eating like crap, gained 18 pounds, I mean, it's it's insane how I went from the top point of my life mentally, physically, emotionally to possibly the lowest in five months because of the environment I was in and because I was not dealing with it the right way. If I had taken on my family situation 
in a different way and focused on myself first. I think it could have been different for me. But I focused on everyone else and I let the, I used everything that was happening as an excuse as to why I was being a lazy, sad piece of shit. And I'm not saying people who are depressed are bad. I'm not saying that. I can fully understand depression. I've been through it. I've been surrounded by it. I know people who have it very bad that I've had to help, I've had to deal with, and that they their depression has had an impact on my depression. But it's just, I mean, that was the hardest part for me was trying to fix everyone else and not fixing myself. And I think now, three three, four months ago, or three months ago, I started worrying about myself. Yes, I'm still, you know, I'm still worried about my family, the state that they were in. But it became more about my own mental health instead of theirs. And I think at that point, slowly, I started to feel more like myself. To the point where I, right now, I, you know, I don't even feel like myself. I feel better than myself right now. Like I feel more confident. I feel like a different person. Like you said, you kill, kill the old version. I think... I'm at that point right now where it's like I'm walking out the door as the new person. And I'm getting on my way, finally. It's a long process. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, to sum this all up. When you're having a hard time mentally, when you're facing obstacles, whether it be with yourself, whether it be with other people, you know, impinging on how you think about yourself, other people telling you that you can't be good enough or anything like that, just keep going. I mean... It might seem like it's going to be dark for a long, long time. Eventually, it's not. Yeah, and you're not going to know when that's going to be. You're not going to be like, oh, in three months, I'll be better. Oh, in four months, I'll be, you know, I'll be I'll be where I want to be. No, all of a sudden, one day, you're just going to look. You're going to be like, holy shit. When did I, you know, when did I get here? I feel great. I think it was, uh, it was David Goggins. The my, you mean my dad? <laughs> <laughs> my dad yeah i think i think he mentioned it he said uh i could be i could be incorrect and i'll, I'll double check and make sure but i think i previously mentioned it. it he said that when your eyes get adjusted to the darkness you know uh, looking for the light at the end of the tunnel when you're like it's a when your eyes get adjusted to the dark that light gets harder to see mm-hmm. so absolutely yeah Absolutely, it's it's gonna be. You don't know when you're when you're gonna come out of it. You don't know when it's gonna get better, but you just have to. I mean, whatever it is, whether it's faith, discipline, love. What's love? <laughs> whatever it is that you need, you just have to know that it's gonna get better. Yeah. How was uh, I mean, what were what were what were the things that you did or started to do that got you out of that? That got you out of that 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 state of or that it got you started with getting rid of that that old that that boy that that young boy and got you turning to being a man so when it comes one of the biggest problems i've had is with my sister i love my sister she's my best friend i would die for her i would literally give my life for her at any moment because i love her she's an incredible person and what she's had to go through in my family and in her life is not fair to me and I've cried for her so many times because 
she should not have to deal with what she's had to deal with. And I've always felt it was my responsibility to fix that because I'm like her older brother. And I remember when I was younger, I didn't understand depression. When I was 18, 19, you know, I was this big macho guy. You know, I was like, F depression, you know, all this stuff that's happened to me in my life, I'm fine. I wasn't. But I thought that the way to get over that was to act like you were better or tougher than what was happening to you. So when my sister would be depressed, when, when all that stuff would be happening, I would just you know, belittle it and say, nah, you're fine. It's all in your head. <laughs> Which thinking back now, is, it's not. As much as you, if, you, know, you like to think it is, it's not. So what helped me was when my sister finally started getting better, and I stopped feeling like it was my responsibility. Started focusing on myself. I'm. I was. You know. Got a job. Started making money again. Was able to buy things for myself. Start spending money again. Start feeling like a real adult. After, you know, because I felt like a professional when I came out of the academy. I was like, dude, I'm badass. I'm be a firefighter. Six months later, I'm like, uh, no, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm not a firefighter. So when I started feeling like an adult again, you know, getting stuff done, and I always touch back on video games. Video games, I've met so many people through that, you know, you have so many laughs, you sit there crying, laughing all night, and you forget about the outside world. I mean, my friendships, as much as I've pushed my friends away in the past six months, haven't hung out with, I mean, I've probably hung out with my friends like eight times in the past six months. I don't go to parties. I prefer to drink by myself. And I'm not talking drink. Because when I say drink, I mean have a beer. Because drinking is a very sensitive subject for me now. I've changed, you know, it's changed since high school. In high school, you're partying, you're having fun, you're whatnot. But now it's like, dude, I don't want to be like my dad. You know. And I don't want to touch down on that a lot because that's that's something that it's a very it's a very personal matter and it's, it's yeah. if you don't want to share it that's that's fine. Yeah, Caesar knows all about it. Caesar's been there for all of that. But you know, my dad is an alcoholic, and it has been it's been a ride. It's been the hardest obstacle in my life. But I think now that he's doing better, and he's not. You know, there every day to, you know, to mess stuff up. I think I'm doing a lot better. And I think that is the big one. You know, talking to him now and him sounding like my dad from when I was 12 is, it's crazy. Because it's like, he doesn't look, he looks like my dad from eight months ago. But he feels like a different person. And I like that. I mean... It's been very beneficial, but doing things for my sister, making her feel better. I mean, I've bought her like four games on PlayStation. I buy her food all the time. I take her out to eat, I take her to lunch, you know, doing, doing things for other people and has helped me a lot. It, it just sounds like, again, it's, it's, it's all about having a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's having something to do, having a goal. And it's, it's a thought that I've had. It's a thought that I've had for for a while just kind of stuck out to me it's you know back then you know back when you know it was our our, our grandparents or great-grandparents all, all they did was just work 
their like their purpose in life was to support their family. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it got more ambiguous where it was like, okay, here's my family, and then their kids had kids, and those kids are our parents, and and it was like, oh, what do you want to do? And and they can do anything. I want to do nothing. And now it's now it's up to now like now it's down to us where it's. <laughs> Now, me. now it's down to us where it's like you can do anything and so many people are so many people are lost with with well, what yeah. it is that they want to do anything, so it's anything has become such a broad yeah it the spectrum has become so insanely yeah. large now that it's, it's so like, yeah it's so saturated there's anyone can do anything that they want to do it's, i mean there's people making a million dollars a month playing video games right now yeah you can do anything it's crazy you know, and you're sitting there at home, you know, I don't want to go to school. My mom played video games for a living. You can't do that. Well, now you can. Yeah. You just got to be the best. I yeah. Mean, uh, but it's, it's, you know, that, that, that purpose, the thing that pulled you out of that. Cause I can, and I can only, I can only put my two cents in it, but it's, you know, you waking up every day for 18 weeks, busting your ass to, for that purpose that you, the thing that you wanted to do for yeah. forever, you know, that was, you were doing it. And then you come off of that, you come off of that high, you come off of that, you know, off that high of, of you just did it. Now you're done. Now what's the next step? And now you just kind of that crash of that crash of adrenaline and, and the adrenaline that you've had for the last 18 weeks. It just kind of smooths over and then you're left with what am I supposed to do now besides wait and find a job? And then that, then that just doesn't happen. So, you know, in, in the last you know, in the last six months, in the last six, eight months that I've seen that happen and seen you come out of that, like that's, that's very, that's very dear to me. And then knowing that a lot of it was the fact that you found, uh, you found that purpose, you found feeling like a man or feeling like an adult again, that was good, you know, and it, that's just the first step. And I know that, and I know you've been training again. I know that you've been you know, I know, I know the Riverside yeah. County Fire. I'm that's doing, I'm doing everything. Yeah. So not only am I training again, but I'm eating better. I actually stopped drinking beer for almost two months, which you know me, I love, I love having a brewski. Uh, I stopped drinking beer. I think I've had, oh, this, yesterday I had a few, but uh, <laughs> before yesterday, I think I've had two beers this whole year so far. Uh, I stopped drinking. I stopped, you know, I've cut down eating bread. Uh, I've cut down a lot of things, and I just feel better. And I th one thing, because what you were talking about just now, one thing I related it to when, when you were talking is when David Goggins says in his book, when he's talking about becoming a better person, or, you know, you go through these ups and downs, the roller coaster of life, a lot of times people will see themselves at this low point, right? And they'll be like, all right, well, I need to get to the top. Well, there, it's crazy because there is no top. Because when I was in the academy, I did. I felt like I was at the top. And you feel like, wow, I just made the best version of myself. Like, that's what we're talking about today, right? Well, the best version of yourself isn't one person. It's never going to be an absolute thing. You're never going to get to the point. <laughs> Beat the best version of you. Yeah. So being the best version of yourself, that, like, like, the, like, like this one's titled... You're trying to beat it. So what David Goggins says is, you know, when I was at my high point, I went back down to the bottom. And next thing you know, I'm having to fight my way back up to the top. And it's crazy because I thought I was there. When I came out of the academy, I was like, oh, I'm there. 
the fittest I've ever been. And I remember one of the instructors said something in the academy. I laughed at him because I was doing CrossFit five days a week. Dude, I was ripped. I felt strong. I was fast. I was in shape. I felt skinny. I felt smart because I was studying so much every day. One of the one of the instructors, he goes, you know what the biggest problem is for all the people who come out of the academy? We're all like, what? He's like, they get fat. And I was like, nah, not a chance. You, you see me right now? There's no way I'm going to get fat. Five months later, I went from best shape of my life to the worst in five months because I took that for granted. I took my situation for granted. But now, I'm fighting, fighting back. You know about Tyson Fury? I think I know who that is, yeah. So Tyson Fury, I think it's a super heavyweight champ uh, boxing. Um, Big guy who hit stuff, okay. Yeah, that guy. Uh he just had his. I think he's had his fight with a, a couple months ago with Deontay Wilder. Another big guy who hit stuff on the exactly. Uh, Tyson Fury, after he had won the super heavyweight title the first time, he he got depressed. He was depressed for a long time, and then he tried to commit suicide, or he almost committed suicide, like he was gonna run his car off a bridge or something like that. Don't know the details of it a hundred percent, but. He wanted to kill himself, and the thing that stopped him was the thought of his wife and daughter. And and in that moment where he was going to do it, he thought about what it was that made him want to do it. Like, want to be better or be the best, and that was him training and getting back to it. So he didn't kill himself, and then he, he came out and said that he was going to make a run for the title again. And... He was just going to train and do all that stuff again and again and again. And that was the fight that he had. And he lost to Deontay Wilder. But, again, that was for the championship. And, and he he that's what he knew was going to make him feel better. And that's what he did. And it's it's just getting in that motion of getting in the motion of of, uh, of what it is that, that moves you forward. <laughs> and then I think I think I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast that he said uh, – he uh he talked to Joe Rogan and, and Joe asked him, What are you gonna do if, if you win it? He's like, I don't know, I might get depressed and kill myself. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's 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 that's just what happens, man. Like again, you lose you lose your purpose, you lose your value, you lose what it is that you <clears throat> you lose what it is that you that you want out of life or you get what you want out of life and then and then it's gone and then and then what do you have left? So I mean, yeah, absolutely. With David Goggins, it's with what he said. Yeah, getting to the top, and there's no, there's real, there's no real top. You, you, there's always something. There's always something that you can do better or be better at. Yeah, that's why I said that's why I've I've always had that mentality, but it also turns into a self-destructive one. Yeah, never being good enough is feeling like you. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I mean, especially with. Especially with wanting to be high caliber at whatever it is that you do, you're always going to be critical. And I think coming from, I mean, coming from, from, from me and I mean, my dad, my dad has always been hypercritical of me as an athlete. Like there's, there's, there's things like I, there's things that I can remember way back in the day where, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm playing baseball. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm hitting well. I'm catching well behind the plate. And then this guy comes up and he's like, hey, do just like do a little better. And 
my whole yeah. life is just ruined. Whole game is just <laughs> ruined. Can't can't perform at all. And it's it's those kinds of things where it's like, man, uh, like I want to be as best as I can, you know. And and having my dad say stuff like that to me, that definitely, that definitely has carried over. That's carried over to a lot of the things that I did. You know, there's they, when when I was playing football and and wanting to be good at it. You were good at it. I was kind of a little bit. Your knees weren't good at it. But knees, you were good my at knees it. weren't good at it. But wanting to be really good at 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 football. I mean, I could have I could have taken my time. Like there's a lot of things that I could have done with a lot of stuff where I could have taken my time. But wanting to be wanting to be the best, but always being hypercritical. That's what's caused me to do and take a lot of a lot of opportunities that I wasn't ready for. I'll do a lot of things that I didn't think that that I wanted and felt like I was ready for, but on the back end, I wasn't. And and you just gotta learn. You just gotta go through them. You just gotta you gotta push your way through them. And I'm doing the best that I can with with what I have. But uh, I mean, being being the 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 high caliber athlete that you were, I mean, did you ever get any of that? What do you mean? That did you ever get any of that? that hypercritical that hypercritical or oh as a soccer player you mean yeah yeah the funny thing is though is my dad thought he knew everything about soccer when he was living vicariously through me because i was twice the soccer player that he ever was but in my mind i didn't know that i was young i was like oh he must have been so good he knows all this stuff i'm glad that he was hypercritical of me Honestly, when I got to the highest level, high school, of club, whatever it was, I was more critical than, of myself than anyone else was. I got to the point in high school where my coaches wouldn't coach me because they're like, this, this kid knows what he's doing. We don't have to tell him. Because, I mean, shut up for uh, – because I don't know if you know this or you remember, but I got moved up to varsity the last two games of my freshman year as a soccer player, which is like – Freshmen's on freshman on varsity for any sport. It's crazy. Sophomore, they're like, you're varsity. You're going to be on varsity as a sophomore. I was like, all right. So I'm ready. Broke my leg two weeks before season. I remember that. I had to sit through an entire season of soccer, watch everyone play, watch people doing things that I could do better than them, and just close my mouth. That was the hardest thing for me. And then junior year, I showed up, and I was so angry. So angry because of that. And then you got the guy who's been, you know, didn't have any competition the year before because I was injured. And I was on JV. They moved me down to JV because they broke my leg. They're like, all right, go sit with the JV kids. So I'm sitting with all the the juniors on JV who don't care because their mommy wants them to play soccer. When I'm just itching, I I want to play. I want to be the best. So the junior year comes around, and this guy, he's had the starting position for two years because no one's contested him. And I showed up and I was like, I want your spot. And he's like, you know, he scowled at me. So I went to my coach. I'm like, what do I got to do to take your spot? He's like, work harder than him. I was like, done. Four weeks later, I had starting spot. He quit the team after that, the year after. He couldn't deal with it. He didn't want to work hard. He just wanted to show up and do it. I feel like that's me being so critical of myself, you know, people telling me like, it was very hard, especially in high school, for people to tell me. Because all the coaches I've had in soccer, Logan Frank, who 
I've never told, I don't know if I've told you much about him. Very much influenced the person I am today. One of my mentors. Looked up to him a lot. My favorite coach of all time. He made me crazy. He made me, you know, I wanted to rip people's heads off. He motivated me so much that I, but then I would get done and he'd be like, that sucked. I'm like, coach, they didn't score me. You sucked. And yeah, that's detrimental. Yeah, it hurts to hear that. But then you're like, crap, dude. I love this. I look up to this guy. I idolize him. All I want to hear is him say, good job. So you bust your butt. Yeah, it hurts. You're like, oh, man, no. It flattens you. But if you have the right mentality for it, you're going to flip that, use it as fuel. And that's that was what was important for me. Do you think, and do you th- and I know that's, it's something that I struggle with, but do you think that with, with the way that everything was going down, you know, down personally at home with, with your dad, do you think that you may have found male role models in, in other people? Because I know, I know that I did. I don't know, throughout, throughout high school, there was a lot of stuff that went down between my dad and I, where I went outside of when, you know, I looked up to, I looked at, I looked up to your dad and I looked up to Corey's dad. I looked up to a lot of people that, that weren't my dad. And I think a lot of it was because I was angry and it wasn't until, you know, getting kicked out, coming back, doing all that stuff yeah. and living life. And, and until I really sat and, and appreciated the stuff that he's taught me. Do you think that you went through that same kind of thing where you, where you found that kind of male role model, that, that father figure and in, in other, in other coaches? Father figure, no. Because when it came to the hardest point of my life, which you were there for, because it was probably the time when Corey was gone. He was, Corey was in Montana because Corey had his problems. And honestly, what he did, I wish I did what he did. I should have ran away. Yeah, Corey just, Corey left us all. Yeah, he said, screw it. He goes, moved to you know, Montana. He goes, I'm going to go work on myself without all of you telling me what to do. And I, I mean, that's what he needed to do, and he got it done. Because I remember everyone was being critical of him and telling you, you can't do this, you can't do this, you're going to be this, or you're going to be that. And he's like, I don't want to hear this anymore. I'm going to leave, and I don't want to hear it. But I, when you were talking about your dads, I had to. I had an offensive joke. <laughs> I love telling you, but... I can't do it here. Um, I I would say no. I'd say the person who got me through that point when Corey was gone was you. Because you're at my house four or five days a week. Because you were going through shit too. I think we didn't have a coach at that point. It was just you and me versus the world. And yeah, eventually we had Michael. But like, I'm not getting it. You can't dump a load of like that on someone you just met. Even though if, even if they are your coach... I mean, we were sitting there watching Fittest on Earth. I mean, we were doing a lot, dude. That, there was no. I don't think. I don't think I found a father figure. I think I was past the point where I needed one. I think it was just I needed to just get stuff done. I, th- I needed to get through it. And I think what we were doing, what we were trying to accomplish at that point, was what got us there. Even though it was a silly little pipe dream where we wanted to go to the CrossFit Games. Yeah, now you're probably going to go to the Olympics. So, yeah, not a pipe dream anymore. <laughs> no, there was, there were times, man. There were, I mean, there were definitely times when, yeah, going over to your house and, and talking and hanging out. I mean, that's, 
yeah, that was those those were the highlights of of the you know the times that we spent together, and especially with the fact that you know I had I had you in a different perspective on you know who who I can talk to about myself because you know you a lot of like everybody who has a significant other, everyone who has a you know a, a best friend, someone that they can fight, and they know what it's like. They know the difference between someone they trust and then someone that they really trust someone that they can so does that mean we're dating now yeah a little bit a little bit i have to see you more because i this is the first time i've seen you in like a month (laughs) but i mean yeah i mean with uh, with everything that was going on and 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 just sitting there and and we just had to had to just do something stupid let's go to just start working out going to the gym just doing something (laughs) see those people who doing that crazy stuff let's try and do that (laughs) my favorite I think one of the highlights for me of when we started training is you've always been freakishly strong I don't know what it is in your DNA I don't know if you ate some freaking toddler when you were 12 or something but in high school you could squat 500 pounds so when we showed up to the gym and these dudes were <laughs> these dudes were training for us like a powerlifting competition and Caesar and I were just doing our program we were just working out and these guys were you know, wearing the little short shorts, they get the chalk on their legs, they're screaming, ah, I don't know. And Caesar goes over and he's like, oh, can I, can I hit that? They're like, oh, bro, it's, this is 450. He's like, oh, okay. And he just picked it up and stood up and just started laughing. And I'm over in the corner dying, like, oh, man. And then Caesar goes over to his bar and loads, like, I don't know, 500-something pounds on there. There's no clips, and he just picks it up. I think it's 545. Yeah. And it's, on, do- it's on Instagram. Yeah. And these guys are like, oh, my God, bro, you should be competing. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, he's been able to do that since he was 16. <laughs> <sighs> Some people just got it. Right? I show people. I love showing people, like, people are like, oh, and, you know, they talk about their working out and stuff. And I'm like, well, this is one of my workout partners. And I show them a video of you, and they're like, what? Like, yeah, it's my friend. <laughs> you don't got a friend like that, do you? No, you don't. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this. If you were gonna, if you were gonna sit and you know, if you were gonna sit yourself, like imagine yourself, you sitting across from yourself at the beginning of high school. Whoa. Trippy. Okay. At the beginning of high school. Beginning of high school. Yeah. All right. So you now, who you are now, and then it's little fourteen-year-old Austin. Right, that's when we went into high school. What would you, what would you tell yourself? What would you do different? Girls are a trap. Don't do it. Honestly, dude. <laughs> no, it, you know I hear people talk about this kind of thing all the time, and yeah, you like to go back and tell you know give yourself this infinite wisdom like, oh, dude, you need to know this. But that's life. You need to go through that stuff without knowing it, so it'll smack you in the face. So you'll know how to deal with it. I mean, it's like, and this is a sensitive topic, but a lot of people talk about bullying and how dead you know, it's so bad, so bad, so bad. It's not. And I'm not talking bullying like give me your lunch money, punch the kid in the head. I'm talking like, hey, dude, you're ugly. Or, hey, you need to stop doing it. You know, people who give each other shit, you know, natural boy stuff. But, like, at a young age, you have kids who are sheltered by their f- families by their parents by their friends and all of a sudden they get to the adult world 
and they have to deal with adult stuff where people are nice to you and they can't do it. And no, that's, that's what I'm, I don't want to go off topic here. Cause if I were to see myself in high school, I honestly, I don't know what I would say. Cause like, I mean, I would, I would have said, I would say the same thing too. I, I would sit there and I would say, sorry, hey, hey, I'm not, hey, I'm not. I would probably just say you're going to get through it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just, just be strong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't avert myself. I wouldn't give myself an easier route. I think, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you said that, that, that you said the thing about bullying was I touched that sub, I touched on that subject, um, on the last, on the last episode I did yeah. where I, I talked about it and I talked about a really, you know, really bad experience that I had with, with one of my teachers and where she told me I couldn't do anything, you know, that Caesar dreams yeah. episode. Yeah. I remember what I know a teacher that is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't it, what I was trying to say. It wasn't like, like you're, it, like you're a terrible person, someone who hates you because you're something that they choose, you know, something that sh- that that they wouldn't want to be themselves. It, nothing like that. It's yeah, talking shit, the kind of stuff that you yeah. that you go through as a normal uh, as a normal kid, as a normal person, getting getting talked to by anybody, parents, teachers, friends. That's something that you need to go through because, yeah, there you are people through, I mean, out there. And yeah, there's of course extreme cases where it's like, you see a kid picking on the kid. And I'm like, I want to go. I want personally. I want to bully bullies. Like that's, yeah. that's how I feel. Like like in American American Sniper, one of my top five favorite movies. He's talking to Chris Kyle's dad's talking to him, and he says, "There's sheep, the people who just go about their business. There's wolves who prey on the sheep, and then there's sheepdogs, the people who." control the wolves and that's that's always resonated with me i've always felt like that person and that's why like like we're talking about earlier with the personal you know mental stuff i've always tried to help other people before myself but i mean i would probably just tell myself funny things honestly if i went back to my high school self did you ever think back then that that you would I mean that you would have gone through the stuff that you've gone through as far as like the fire academy and I mean everything that, that's happened afterwards. When I was eighteen, I had the same plan. My plans changed, and it's always I've always adapted to it. And I've always wrote down the new plan, and I've always had alternate plans. So I always have, you know, that goal of being a firefighter. Yeah. But like the stuff that's happened on the way, no. I mean, I had no idea what would happen on the way. Some days were better than others. I mean, I think that's that's the only thing that you can really do. You just you just got to get through it day by day. Just get through it day by day. So and... that was that was one of the most important things for me during the academy. So when I sat down and I asked someone who's already you know been through the process, already firefighter, I said, "Can I have some advice on the fire academy?" And I said, "Sure." And they said, how long is the academy? And I told them. They're like, wrong. I was like, what? what? And they're like, it's one day. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you're going to go for one day. And then you got another day. And another day. And when you get through enough days and you feel comfortable about tomorrow, then think about the week. And I think for at least the... F- first three quarters of the academy that's that was my mentality for the first three weeks it was like 
It wasn't even a day. It was like, how am I going to get to the next hour? Because I was so tired. <laughs> Some of us would be so tired. You know, your body's tired. You're mentally, physically, you're doing a lot of stuff. And then you have to go sit in a classroom for eight, nine hours in one day. I mean, you go work out in the morning, you put your uniform on, and you sit in a chair for nine hours. Even if you're not tired, even if you slept well. I don't know what it is about sitting there in uniform watching someone talk to you. But you fall asleep sitting up with your eyes open. <laughs> and I think some days, those people who had caffeine pills, I mean, it was like four dudes who were pre-workout dealers. I mean... <laughs> Be like, I right, here, here's a dry scoop of pre-workout. And then there was people who, like me, I was a five-hour energy dealer. I'd like, my mom bought me cases of it at Sam's Club, and I would keep like, it was like contraband because we weren't supposed to have caffeine. Like it was frowned upon. But like, there's no way you get through that without caffeine. There's people who are drinking full cups of coffee in the morning and then taking caffeine pills at lunch. I'm, I'm talking people who are taking like a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. Personally, I was like six to eight hundred milligrams of caffeine. Just, and this was days where it was only classroom. So you wake up, you go, you do the daily workout, and you sit in class until they're done talking about what they're done talking about for the day. And it's, I mean, but it's exhausting. Yeah, learning is more exhausting than the days outside. Yeah, it's crazy because they said things like, you know, when you're in here, you're gonna want to be out there. When you're out there, you're gonna want to be in here. <laughs> Every time I was out there, I was like, screw the classroom, dude. I got a fire hose, man. I get to spray stuff. Yeah. But I want to, dude, going in a fire, going in a room that's on fire, one of the most elite things I've ever done. Like, I opened that door and I saw the fire and I was like, ha ha, yeah. I was so happy that day. I mean, we were all happy. Yeah. But, like, one thing I don't like that has happened to me since I've come out of there is I don't like being an elitist. Like I don't like feeling like I'm better than other people like openly. And sometimes I do that, you know, people will be talking to me and I'll start bragging. I'm like, dude, what? stop. Like, why are you like, they don't care. So I've had to try, you know, work on my humility. Like I just don't talk about yourself. So I've been trying to limit, like letting people get to know me unless I need them to get to know me. Especially because I work with a bunch of children. I mean, they're 18, but they're children. It's weird working with your best friend, too. Because it's like, I mean, you know the camaraderie we've always had. We throw food at each other. <laughs> it's like, because we talk crap, you know. We're at a level in a job that doesn't have that caliber of workers. We're at a level where it's like, it sucks because you, they expect you to bring up everyone else, but that shouldn't be your job. Well, that's, that was the other thing that I was going to touch on with, with coming out of doing something so meaningful, something that, that taught you that kind of discipline and something that really, that really, really showed you the, the joy and happiness of doing what it is that you want to do. What what do you take from, yeah? What do you take from the fire academy? What do you take from from that experience and and put it into all the other work? And I, and the only reason why I ask is because, you know, with with weightlifting and and doing all the stuff that I do, I know what it is to 
really bust ass and really yeah. want to work hard just just to work hard which is why it's put me in in the positions of work and the way that I am with with the things that I choose to do and a lot of people can't a lot of people can't keep up a lot of people don't even think about keeping up it's just not on their radar how does how does doing that affect everything else that you do um one of my favorite sayings of all time is mediocrity is a sin no matter what job i'm doing no matter what you know what i'm doing if i'm not doing it or at least trying to be good at it or great at it or the best at it why am i doing it so when I came out of the fire academy, you know, I've, it's, it's a mindset. So, you know, some people have it. You can, yes, you can build that mindset, but some people are just have it more than others. And I've always had a professional mindset. Like when I came out of high school, you know, you know, we always had the social media thing in high, in high school. Like we never share stuff that doesn't need to be shared. Yeah. And that has been so, so important for me. Like, you know. I've always kept up on all the things I needed to keep up on. I had all the points in my life where I needed to just stay lined up. And that was just my mindset. And no matter what job it was. So my idea, like my goal for when I work somewhere is I want to be someone that people can rely on. I want to be, a, I want to be a person where if Riverside fire department calls my boss right now, and says, tell us about Austin. Every single one of my managers can say, that dude kicks ass. No discrepancies. Because then I have a discrepancy where they call my, my boss before that, tells Bud Austin, oh, he was lazy. Well, boom, didn't get that job. Yeah, don't give him an excuse. So, I don't know, I have people who work with me and they're like, well, I don't make enough money to work hard. They don't pay me enough to work hard. And I'm like, well, then go, leave. Like, if you're going to come to work with me, and you're going to half fast because you don't feel like they're paying you enough? Well, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I understand that you're pursuing a career. You're going to school, whatnot, to be whatever you want to be. And that's better than this. You're not there right now. You're here. And you need to put in the time before you, you need to earn that. And that person, I have changed their mindset so much since they started working with me. Because when you bring a professional mindset like that, it resonates onto others. And they start to feel like, well, dude, I can't show up with this guy. Like, he's making me look bad. And I was going to work and I was busting my butt every day. To the point where, like, people who've been working there for a year didn't get as much responsibility as I did. And it's like, well, I love that. I love being able to go into a place, work hard, just for the purpose of, that's what I believe in. I believe in doing doing good, like. I want to be good at my job just to be good at my job. I think it's integrity. Yeah. Being, having that integrity to know exactly. that, that there's a job. And such at an important hand. value too. Yeah. There's a job at hand that needs to be done regardless of the situation at home, regardless of what's going on. I need to do that. You know, and I know that that slips up, but I know that there's times where, and I know that there's times where I'm sure you and I, me especially, I feel like shit all the time, but there's things that need to be done. Well, I mean, I get pissed like three three days a week when I work with people who, I mean, I work with people who are twice my age. I have no common sense. I'm like, how have you lived on the planet for this long? So long. 
and you have not figured stuff out. Like you haven't, you, you know what turns, right? You know the world turns. Have you figured that out yet? And it, it's hard. I mean, and of course you have to learn to understand that some people are just going to be, you know, well, again, not going to have it. They just want to be okay. And it's not even that. It's just some people are naturally just dumb. I mean, if, if you're going to say it like that, uh, it sounds bad, but like some people just aren't, aren't that smart and that's fine. But I just, it's crazy how some people just aren't coachable. Like you show up to work, you've been working there for however long and I tell you how to do something and then the next day you're asking me to do the same thing. And I would understand if you didn't understand, but you're just not listening. Well, that's number two. I mean, that's the second thing you talked yeah. about is being a good, being a good student, being, being able to learn and, and yeah. take stuff in. And I, I mean, the most, I, there's a lot of things and there's a lot of ways that you that you need to perform in order to beat yourself. I don't I I know for me and I think and I've struggled with it a couple times is where in order to in order to do something like that at work or in order to do something something like that where I wanted to be the best at work or I wanted to be the best at a meet, I wanted to do something I wanted to be the best at something in what I wanted to do. I had to beat somebody else. And I mean in 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 the fire academy, I mean, did you think about did you think about having to beat other people or or was it always oh, yeah. trying to beat I, yourself? No. <laughs> I mean, of course, yeah, but no. When you I mean, you put I'm sorry. When you put that many people together, men, yeah, it becomes a competition. Like, why would it not? And the, the thing that made it more of a competition was we had sections, right? So there's, I think, 38 of us graduated. I think it was 38, yeah. So there's eight, eight squads. A squad consists of four or five people. Mine consisted of five. We had four, but then our academy leader, Jake, uh, love that guy. I don't know if he liked me that much, but <laughs> I'm goofy. People don't like me when they first meet me. Like I told, well, like Caesar and I talked about in the beginning. When people meet me at first, I don't know why, but they hate me until they get to know me, and then they're like, "Oh, he's okay." Well, so our academy leader by default was in our squad, squad eight, and we we kicked ass in squad eight. But like in in our CrossFit workouts, we towards the end of the academy when everyone is in shape, you know. They were beating the crap out of us, dude, every day. Uh, it was not like conventional CrossFit where it's like, oh, you can scale. It's like, no, you're going to do this because you have to. And it was like, well, it hurts. And I don't care. <laughs> but, I mean, we were fit. I remember we had a competition, you know, it was squads. And it was how far you could row in – no, no, it was first to 10 – I think it was like 10,000 meters or five – it was a lot. And it was an EMOM. So every minute on the minute, your entire squad had to do five burpees, including the rower. So what we would do is we'd have the rower do the burpees, like, before. We asked the rules to make sure we weren't cheating. But, I mean, every single one of us was rowing a one under a 130, 500 meter. I've never seen numbers like that on a rower. But all five of us were doing that. And I was like, whoa, we won. It was such a good feeling too, cause like 
you're like most days you just show up and you're putting in the work because you have to you know you're going up to the workout because that's what's prescribed and you have to do the workout well and you're like well we, we get to win something oh it's great but of course they they want you to learn more right they want you to be proficient they want you to learn it better so the squads in the sections so i was section four so there's section one two three and four and each one has two squads so squad seven and eight were in our section we had a funny section the instructors loved us but like we would get in trouble sometimes because we didn't know when not to joke and when to joke because firefighters firefighters are funny dudes no i mean that's how you have to get through some of the stuff you see you have to have a sense of humor you have to be able to make light of those situations but like when we would get to hose competitions oh we'd be screaming at each other we'd be making fun of each other like why are you moving so slow and the, and that that was what made it fun the competition made it fun some people don't like that i love that i eat that stuff up i think most of us did what are some of the competitions you had with yourself what are the things that you had to do to beat yourself and beat the previous version of yourself okay so uh, I know Matt Fraser says this. Uh, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So there's individual testing, right, for, for, for firefighting in, in the academy. So there's, like, things where you have to be able to put your your turnouts on. You have to put your gear on in under 60 seconds. And I know you might think, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. It's it's bad. Take a really big jacket that weighs 10 pounds. Try and put it on fast. But the the sleeves are small, right? So it's like, you know, when you have to squeeze your your hand through a sleeve? Well, yeah, imagine that, but there's a thumb hole. So you have to, if you miss the thumb hole, you're screwed. And then if you ever tried to put on super tight gloves, and I don't mean like, I mean the tightest gloves, the opening of the glove is what's tight. So I would go home and I'd lay all my stuff on the floor and I'd hand my sister the phone and say, time me. And I wouldn't go to bed until I beat it like five times in a row. Like, if I didn't get the same time, or like under a certain time, five times in a row, like and I mean in a row, I wouldn't go to sleep. Because it wasn't, like, because what if I messed up, right, with the pressure? And I remember when we got to the testing days, when we had to do the wildland one, which is, you had to do the same thing, but I don't know why it was so much harder. Oh, so the pants at the bottom. You have to put on the pants with your shoes on and if you don't do it right your foot gets stuck my foot got stuck during the test and I failed you get a retake you get one retake and I remember I I was freaking out it's like what if my foot gets stuck again so I was sitting so during testing days for the academy they put all 40 of us in a room said don't leave unless we take you out of the room and they take people out one at a time to test so that people couldn't uh, maintain the integrity of the test. Well, I remember I asked my instructor, I was like, can I like open the door, stand right there and put my stuff on like 40 times in a row? He's like, sure, you're not gonna go anywhere? I was like, I'm gonna be right there and I'm gonna put my stuff on 40 times in a row. I did it for an hour. I was so obsessed because I knew if I failed, that was it. It's like, you can't fail. It's not an option. Failure is not an option. I went and I did it, and 
20 seconds under the time. He was like, oh, that, that was good. And that was the best feeling. It was like, I became obsessed with being better at each thing because I wanted to be better than everyone else. I mean, yeah, I mean, the reason I wanted to be so good, or the reason I wanted to beat myself is because I wanted to be a great firefighter. And the only way I'm going to do that is to, you know, of course, establish a baseline. Like, okay, I can do this this fast. I, can, I know this much about this. I'm not that good at this. So I need to work on that. What, is, what does Matt Frazier say? He says, I, what, uh, training, uh, he trains... He trains all his weaknesses so he doesn't have a wheelhouse. Yeah, that's it, that's that's all it is. It's it's really finding those things that you're not that you're not good at. I think David Goggins says that too. He says find those things that make you all weak. those freaks of nature. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone who's gotten to the point that that you would want to be at, that you and I would want to be at, they've all said the same thing. And it's, I'm I'm nowhere near that. I mean, oh me either. Don't don't get me wrong. To an average person, we're not, you know, we're far above average. But then there's that, there's the rest of them, and they're like, all the way up there. I mean, I, you know, I say it, and I, oh, I, okay, you're different. Don't even start with me. I, but I can, Mister, I can almost squat seven hundred pounds. I can, I, I, you know, and and here's the thing, and here's the thing that we're touching on, as far as, as far as the, the self-deprecation of the self, mm-hmm. that, that self just not being good enough like that's that's fine like everything that you can say about me and and i don't have to say about myself that's fine like i appreciate all the stuff that you see me do i i love the fact that you guys will see me do it and i i know everyone else sees it and i know the way you feel i know that feeling i'm just everyone tells you holy crap you're so good but it's like i'm not no i'm not good enough and and as as much as as much as anyone can tell me, as much as a lot of people, all my coaches and, and friends and family can say that, yeah, you've you've changed, like you've you've made great strides, and, and you're definitely a different person, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not a champion. Oh no. And I, I'm not. I'm nowhere. Will, I, I'm nowhere near. And it. you know that I I I'm I'm brutally honest with you. Yeah. There's no reason for me to tell you, oh, Theo, you're doing so good because no, I mean, for being realistic. Are you good at are you good at what you do? Yeah. I'm like okay. You know what you're doing. You have the raw strength to be to be an Olympian. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to that level, when it comes to the top level, others oh, I I'm brutally honest and I tell you you know like Oh, no, absolutely. I comment not. on all your stuff. I I can't I can't imagine what people think when they see my comments on your stuff when I'm just like you suck. <laughs> They're probably like, because everyone's all like, oh, good job. You know, I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God, Evan. And I'm just there like, uh, no. <laughs> not, it's nope. not 700 pounds? Uh-uh, it's not. No. You know, and that's, you know, and that's, and the, those are the people that that I have in my life. Like, I have you and yeah. I have Corey. Like, you know, I mean, and, and the same thing happens with, like, Sage and, and Bailey. Like, Sage is quick to, Sage is quick to check me. And, uh, she's quick to check me on on that that attitude that I have on on being humble and being that person. Like, don't get a fucking big head because because you're young and you're strong. Like, because you've gone to a couple competitions. Like, you can't, you know. And and, and I can admit that there's there's been a couple times where I've been like, 
like where I've, I've let that big headedness get to me. And because I do that, I fuck up and I'm not good. Like I, I don't perform the way I should. And, but the fact that, I mean, and it's consistent. I mean, you and Corey and Bailey, I mean, and Sage, like you're all, you all, all you guys, all you guys, I appreciate the fact that you will not let me get that big head. And, and yeah, man, it's just, if, 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 if I could go back and I can sit myself down in the same situation where it's like, here's me, what, 180 pounds lighter, <laughs> 180 pounds lighter and eight years younger and tell him like, hey, it's a whole ass grown man. Like this is this is where you're gonna be when you're 22. Like this is this is what you're gonna be doing. But the only reason the only reason why you're there is because you're gonna go through a bunch of fucking bullshit first. Like, I mean, do yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, man, I just yeah, I wouldn't if 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 I if I was if I was good enough if I thought to myself that I was good enough. And I didn't want to constantly beat myself and like beat the, you know, beat the shit out of, out of that boy, out of, out of that younger version of myself. I wouldn't, I, I, I would be just okay. And, and that's the part, that's the part where, you know, I, I hope, I hope people take from this conversation. It's yeah, there's with what you've been saying about the stuff that you've had to do, the discipline that you've had to learn and, and the way that you know, in the way that we've been talking about how it all starts with, it all starts with that discipline on, on, and, and that passion to want to beat your own, you know, your own face, beat your own old self. I, I, I know I, I don't even look in the mirror. Really? I hate looking in the mirror. I hate it. I do. When I, when I, t- when I take showers, when I take my shirt off and look in the mirror, I, sometimes I don't even look. I just like get in the shower. You know? It makes me angry because... I know where I was. I was taking my shirt off after the cabin. I was like, look at all these muscles. And I'm, in, I'm like, look like a pudgy snowman, dude. <laughs> I wish, I, I wish, you know, I had, I had more time. I wish I had more time to do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. I have to make that like time. With me. Yeah, absolutely. I have to make that time and I have to, I have to really struggle to, to, to make time to see you guys and and it's it's upsetting but every time every time i do hang out with you guys and every time i do see you guys it's it, it's it's funny because i don't know what was it a couple of years ago we didn't we stopped talking you and i stopped talking after high school for that was right after graduation i stopped talking to everyone the yeah the person that the only person that didn't stop talking to me was Corey. yeah we and for whatever reason it was we stopped we stopped talking and then um, we had a disagreement because there was a lady in my life who wanted to ruin it, um, and I let her do that, and Caesar told me stop letting her do that, and I just like oh, I don't I can't hear you la la la, and then he's like all right man I'm gonna let you do your thing and we kind of separated and then I think it was like seven eight months later I was like hey man uh, I kind of messed up and you were right. And he was like, yeah, I know. I knew you'd come back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, the people in your life and you know, the value that they bring. And I think I remember, I remember you reaching out and you said that you were sorry. And I was like, whatever, just shut up. 
let's just go let's just hang out yeah, whatever i'll see you tomorrow everyone everyone has those people in their life and 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 if it wasn't for people like you and Corey and and bailey and my dad and sage the people that are closest to me it's bailey's mean though <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't i i wouldn't constantly want to to be better than than that person that i used to be and I know if it wasn't, and, and I know if it wasn't for, you know, like your sister and Corey and myself and, you know, whatever other people that are in your life, you wouldn't want to be a better version of yourself. I mean, with, with everything that we talked about, if you were, if you were going to talk, if you were going to give a cue <clears throat> and that's what. That's what this show is about. It's about giving cues to, to, to people who, or giving cues or learning cues about life that when you hear them, you just kind of, you, you just start acting. That's what a cue is. What's a cue that you would give to, to a person in, in your position that is about to go into the fire academy or that just got out of the fire academy? Talking about in my career field. Anybody. Anybody is about to go into this position. Like I mean, it, it, whatever, whatever person you want to talk to, what's something that you could tell that person and, and all the stuff that you've learned. People ask me this all the time because people want to be firefighters, but you know, I would say a vast, like 40% of them aren't serious enough to make it because they, you know, I want to be a fireman. That's, I mean, that's all they think about. It's not, I want to be a firefighter because I want to change, you know, I want to, do something for the greater good. Most people say, I want to be a firefighter because I want a fancy truck and I want to make a lot of money. Yeah, that's great. But I want to be a firefighter because it means a lot. And it's a great job. The impact you have on a community. Not, I'm not saying like, not even individuals. Like, oh, I saved someone's life. It's the community. And that's the most important thing to me. Well, I, people ask me this all the time and I say, just focus. Like, I'm like, where are you now? Tell me where you are now. If you can tell me where you are now, your goals, do you have them written down? No, do that. I want you to write your goals down. And like, how broad, they say. Like, how many goals? Everything. Everything you can think of that you want to accomplish in any way, shape, or form, write it on paper. I want you to have goals. Make them real. And then you just go out to set, you know, set out to accomplish them one by one. So... I think one of the most important things is, of course, having your goals, having them set out, written out, whatever you're going to do. If you have a whiteboard, a notebook, something like that. Another thing is listen to people who are in charge of you or like listen to your teachers. And I don't mean like mentors. I mean like teachers. So if you're going into an academy, if you're going to the military, boot camp, if you're going to the police academy, anything like that. If you have an instructor, a teacher, anything like that. If they're going to give you advice, write it down. If they're going to give you their number, their email, use it. I have a contact book with 30 firefighters, chiefs, captains, engineers, everything. That I guarantee I'll call. Be like, yo, you remember me? I'm from 53. Richardson. You used to call me a Rincon. Can we go get coffee? I want to talk. I guarantee they say, yeah. Because it's all, it's all a brotherhood. Listen to what people have to say. Take their advice. 
don't don't take it for granted. I, I would say because like I have a lot of their voices, things that they would say, are super important, just on repeat in my head. And I remember there was one instructor, engineer Leda. I love that guy. I hate him, but I love him. Second week, he basically told me that I was weak and that I shouldn't be there and that I was an embarrassment to everyone else. And I smiled (laughs) because I love when people doubt me. I love it. It fueled me. And I think it was so important to have someone like him and then you have of course the other people who are going to tell you oh you're doing fine you're doing fine I think take everyone's opinions use them all don't get mad because someone's telling you I mean there's going to be people who mean it you know they're not just trying to motivate you but you got to take it as it comes in use everyone's opinion use all the information you can get you need every resource I know a lot of people don't make it because they just don't use all their resources. They don't take all the steps. But I, I, another big thing is don't rush. Get it done the way you need to get it done. Do it the right way. That's how I feel. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you being here and, and talking to me. We're going to go and... We'll we'll talk a little bit more after this, eat but a bunch of food probably. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Corey's coming over a little bit later, so, well, maybe I don't know. Um, I'm gonna get him on the show at some point, but tell the people where uh, where they can find you at, man. If you want, if you want people to be more interested, uh, I get in, to plug myself right yeah, now. Yeah, just plug it. What's up? Um, I'm sure Caesar can put my socials on something, but uh. I think I've started changing my usernames on a lot of my socials, so I'll have to give them to you. That okay. you can just put them wherever you want. Because I know I was changing a lot of them. So I used to have like my Austin Austin Rich twenty four yeah. tag. The only one that's still that one is Instagram, but I've started changing everything else to my gamer tag. Okay. Because I play a lot of games, and I want people to be able to recognize me as that. Okay. So. I'll get your Instagram. I'm gonna put it. I'll put it in in the description so people can. Uh, don't follow me. I don't post anything. <laughs> I don't think I've the, the last picture I posted is with Caesar, and I think it's from like a year and a half ago or something like that. So you, but you're on Instagram. You're on Twitter, and then you're on Twitch, and Twitch is where you're gonna be doing a lot more of your live streams. So if yeah, if you guys are interested, if you guys are interested in, I'm, I'm not good at video games. <laughs> if you guys are interested in in what and what my body Austin has to say. I mean, and, and just what his personal life is, because I'm sure he'll talk about it while he's screaming at 12-year-old boys. I don't scream at people. I scream. Oh, that's not true. I don't scream on stream. I scream off stream. <laughs> while, he's, while he's screaming on the stream and off the stream, if you want to follow him, just stay in touch with him or just kind of keep tabs on him while he's in his journey of, of being a, a, good, a good person and a good firefighter. Am I a good person? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, you can definitely follow him. I'll, I'll put it. What's what's your Twitch handle? The underscore keeper 24. The underscore keeper 24? Yeah. Okay. So if you want to follow him, you can you can definitely talk to him. Um, 
I appreciate I appreciate everyone that's listened to this episode. I know I know that Austin and I talked a lot about high school. Where yeah, sorry if I uh, went off track or said repetitive things, but well, that's why it's called a thousand ways to say the yeah. same thing podcast. My, my brain moves really fast, so sometimes I forget that I said the same thing. But we, I, I we, hope you guys enjoyed anything I had to say. We're just we're just we're we're still young bucks. High school was a couple years ago, so we're yeah. we're still. We're still getting over the trauma of all that, but if, hopefully, if you didn't like what I had to say, just tell me I suck and I'll, I'll fix it or something. <laughs> um, I thank everybody for this episode uh, for tuning into this episode. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be back. I'll post another episode on Tuesday. This one should be coming out um, Sunday. What's what's today? Today's the twenty second, twenty third. Oh, today's the twenty third. So tomorrow will be the twenty fourth. I, I don't keep track anymore. So this episode will be out on Sunday, the 24th. Um, yeah, and if you guys, I mean, if you guys enjoy the show, please, please, uh, please rate it and, and, you know, leave a comment down in, in, in whatever, whatever description I, I have there, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you listen on, definitely, uh, definitely leave some, some feedback. I would, I would love to hear what everyone has to say. Um, I appreciate I appreciate all the all the downloads and all the all the listens. If it wasn't if it wasn't for that, and again, it's it's just for it's just for anybody who wants to listen, who wants that cue to 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 learn about themselves, and 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 when they hear something, when they when they give themselves that cue, they know which way to act and they know which way to to better their life in that situation. So, uh, I hope to have another guest on on our next show on tuesday so stay tuned for that and yeah you guys can always reach me at, at my instagram and and my uh my email thousand ways podcast at gmail.com if you guys have any questions or want to be on the show or do anything interesting um yeah i appreciate it everybody that's that's really all i can say thank you thank you to everybody and it's just fun it's fun doing all this so I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will I'll be back soon. Bye Austin. Bye.